Are you a busy woman who at times struggles with reducing your daily stress? Do you know that you need to slow down but do not know how? If you're looking at reducing your daily stress, you're in the right place. My name is Denise Eckert and I welcome you to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. I just love interviewing guests so they can share their stress-reducing tips and techniques with you. Now, if you find this podcast helpful, please share it with someone who struggles with stress because lowering our stress will make us a better person, a happier partner, mom, friend, neighbor, etc. And the best part is happiness is contagious. Enjoy this episode. Hi there, it's Denise Eckert from the Relaxation Lounge, and I love coming on here and sharing different techniques and ideas to lower that stress in your life. And I love coming on here and having different guests so that they can share their different ideas and techniques to help you lower your stress. And today I've got Angie Barrett. So Angie is an intuitive movement coach. She's a registered nurse, advanced trauma-informed yoga instructor, and stand-up battleboard yoga instructor who understands the human body and how it works. Now, she helps people relieve stress, anxiety, depression, and trauma through play, movements, and fun so they can have healing and peace in their lives. So welcome, Angie. Welcome. Hi, Denise. Thanks for having me. <laughs> now, I... Always love asking this question to my guests. So what inspired you to come into the coaching industry? So I've been a registered nurse for almost 20 years. And being a registered nurse is actually very, very challenging. In fact, traumatizing in many ways. My specialty was emergency department. And it got to the point where I got really burned out. Um, I also am a child abuse survivor. And about seven years ago, I, well, up until then, I had no memories of my child abuse. And so about seven years ago, I started having memories of my child abuse come out. And it just became so overwhelming that I couldn't work as a nurse anymore. I needed to take a break from the trauma of being involved in patient care and in that setting. And so I became a yoga instructor and loved it. I love teaching and I wasn't able to practice yoga myself anymore. I've done yoga for years, but I, it became too structured and too regimented for me. Um, I could teach it. I just couldn't actually be a student. And so I was missing out on this movement piece that has been really powerful for me always for most of my life. And As I was going through my therapy and learning how and becoming a trauma-informed instructor, I learned how powerful play is in helping people regulate their nervous systems or release trauma, release depression, stress, all that kind of stuff. And so I started just playing around and trying different things on my body to help heal and it worked. And so then I started telling people about it and they wanted to try it. And it has now evolved into me being a coach mostly just my healing journey itself and then turning into something bigger. Wow. And how did you get the paddleboard part into that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I love stand-up paddleboard. I love talking about it. Um, So I've always paddleboarded. And one day I was out, um, a friend just randomly gave me a paddleboard years ago before it was even as popular as it is now. And I thought one day, I'd like to try. I wonder if I could do yoga on this. And so I just started playing around on it and then started Googling it and found out it was a thing and there's actual certifications for it. And so I went and got certified and now teach stand-up paddleboard yoga as well. Wow. That's so neat. Now, why do we feel stress, anxiety, or depression? 
Yeah. So stress, anxiety, and depression even are parts of our body's way of protecting us. And that sounds counterintuitive, but it really is. Um, coming into our nervous systems and regulating through our nervous systems, um, stress, anxiety, those are ways that our body's trying to tell us that we sense some sort of danger, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. And so stress and anxiety are telling us that that something's not right. When we move down into depression, we move down into a different part of our nervous system that's overwhelmed. It's still our body's way of trying to protect protect us. We go into shutdown, we go into freeze mode. And so our body is actually really trying to protect us from this threat um, or this perceived threat of what's happening in our lives. And so it's our body's way of protecting us, but oftentimes it gets to a point where we as humans don't like to necessarily feel these emotions because they're uncomfortable. And so we stuff them down. We don't ever really release them. Typically, a lot of times we'll do things so that we don't have to feel them. And instead of releasing them, that just piles things on top of and on top and on top of each other so that we're building up this trauma um, because we're never letting it go. So if we can instead find a way to release this swirl, I call it a swirling tornado of energy um, or emotional itchiness. And if we can find a way to release that, then we're not having, it's like a pressure cooker. I describe it. We just keep piling stuff in until something happens and we flip our lid. We, you know, blow off some of that steam. Whereas if we were releasing some of this stress and anxiety, our body wouldn't need to go into overdrive to protect us along the way. Now, how does play come into into play here, I guess. Now yeah. I understand, like, can you just go through a definition of what play actually means? Yeah, that's a great question. Yes. So play is something that is done for no real, um, there's no real defined outcome to it. It's done for pure enjoyment. So think of um, kids, how they learn to navigate their world. They play, they play games, they learn how to interact with each other. Think of animals, um, puppies play, they, they play with each other to learn what acceptable social behaviors are. Um, so we still have the same nervous systems that animals do. So we um, actually all mammals, humans included, are born with seven circuits pre-wired into our brain. So we come out as babies, infants, knowing seven things. And one of those things is play. So we're already born pre-wired knowing how to play. And so my definition of play is usually something creative, something fun, imaginative, with no real um, set purpose or set defined outcome. When we, when we go into play as adults, typically we do things like play sports, which becomes super competitive, or maybe we play an instrument, but it's very harsh and self-critical. We don't really do things for the pure joy of doing something fun. Um, so play, that's my definition of play. And then how it comes into stress and anxiety and relaxation is because we have our brains already pre-wired, knowing how to play, playful movements especially give us an opportunity to step out of the human experience that we're having that is full of stress, anxiety, depression, whatever it is. And so an example, um, 
what I like to do is the way that I like to teach people what stress, anxiety, depression, all that feels like is to play the game red light, green light. And so when you say or think green light, run, kick, punch, do whatever you would do as if you were trying to get away um, from something, because that's what our body's trying to do when we feel stress and anxiety. And so when you say or think red light, freeze in place. And so that's the depression, that's the freeze. And so as you flow through that a couple of times, you start to notice what your body sensations are feeling when you're in this fight or flight or the running, kicking, fighting, stress, anxiety part versus when you're in freeze or depression or overwhelm. But instead of actually having the um, the mental human thought process associated with what happens when you feel stress or anxiety, instead you're playing a game. So you're doing it in a more fun way. So you're stepping back from that human experience and all the mind thoughts that we have that go along with it to really tap into sensations in your body. Now, I've never played this green light, red light. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes, I'm so sorry. I assume that's a game that everybody's played. So um, yes, thank you for asking. So you pretend that you're at a stoplight. Um, Green light means go. Red light means stop. There's no real yellow light in between. And so as kids, when we would play it, we would have one person standing um, away and then they would say green light and everybody would run trying to get to them. And then they'd say red light and then you freeze in place and then green light and then you run. And so it's really just kind of the same thing. You don't have to play it with anyone else if you're playing it to understand what's happening in your body. It really is just think like you're at a green light. You get to go. Green means go um, with stoplight. So run, kick, punch, and then red light, stop, freeze in place. So it really is just more kind of going back to a very simplified stoplight with go and stop. Now, what are why is play so helpful? Yeah, so play helps us to, once again, like I said, step out of that human experience. So a lot of times um, when I work with clients, like, that um, they feel these negative emotions. We all have negative thoughts or beliefs about ourselves. Playful movements can help people to actually step out of that. Our nervous systems or our bodies like rhythmic and repetitive movements. So finding things that are either soothing to our bodies or can release a lot of energy can actually change the way that we feel inside. The two examples that I like to give are when people are feeling small, they're feeling stressed, anxious, things like that. I suggest they stomp around or pretend to stomp around the room like an elephant. And so as you walk around pretending that you're an elephant, um, you know, people elephants don't care. They don't care what's in their way. They'll sweep it out of their way. It starts to change people's internal sense of how they feel. Um, the other move that I like to suggest to people is just a simple sway. So it seems this I still consider play because it's kind of tapping into some rhythm. You can move to whatever rhythm you want and either side to side or front to back. So finding those things that help your body to maybe drop your shoulders, maybe relax your gut. Those are ways that you can tell that your body's starting to relax. A yawn is also another really good way to tell that your body's starting to relax. And so it's finding ways of soothing or self-soothing, self-changing or changing the the belief that you have about yourself in order to really tap into the sense of who you are inside rather than letting all that mind clutter 
kind of overwhelm us. It gives us a chance to really feel into our bodies to notice what it is that we need to take care of those needs rather than what do we think others want or we need to do. Yeah. Now, for someone that's listening and wants to introduce more play into their lives, are there any steps that you can offer them to get started? Yeah. Um, Two steps that I already um, suggested are the side-to-side sway. That's a really popular one um, that I like to give. And then if people want to take it a step further into play, imagine that you're instead floating on a water current. And so just letting a current take you. And for people that don't like the water, totally fine. Imagine that you're like a bird floating in the air. And so how would it feel to be on that current? And so just kind of letting that element of play really kind of take your body out. If side to side, you want to take it a little bit further. Um, The other thing that I do is I imitate animals a lot. And so um, like my dog, when she's playing, I'll just kind of shake my tail like she is, or um, I already mentioned elephants, you know, when I want to feel big, an elephant is a really good one for me. Um, That's actually one of my personal favorite ones that I do a fair amount. It's tapping into that silly creative side and knowing that you might feel awkward at first. In fact, for many of us, coming into play feels really awkward. And knowing that it's incredibly powerful because you already have that wiring in your brain. So it really is just finding ways for you to tap into it, for you to tap into your creativity and just allowing yourself to have fun with really no no necessarily pre- destined outcome from it. So for me, when I stomp like an elephant, I am doing it wanting to feel bigger. And yet there are other things that come from it. I start to, my shoulders drop. I feel this sense of relaxation. So I do it for the pure joy of stomping around like an elephant. Um, Whereas some people might feel uncomfortable with that. And so um, take it at whatever steps work for you and start to build up to this idea of just being able to be free and play like a child. Awesome. Because that's the thing. I, you know, a lot of our play has gone into sports where it's competitive, where there's always an end result. You know, I'm going to go from here to there. And even things like hiking, because you're going from here to there, you've got the path, you've got a destination. So you're really not doing anything free, free, free. Hmm. Which is really stopping around like an elephant or um, I was working with a client the other day and an elephant didn't resonate with her. So she was a T-Rex. She wanted to be a dinosaur. So it's really kind of tapping into your creativity, your imagination, um, because your body really knows who you are and what you need. It's our minds that have been um, our minds that have been overwhelmed with thought. So it's coming back to your primal internal sense of play of fun of just let it go which is very hard to do by the way (laughs) it is it is and and that's the thing when you are dealing with you know trying to reduce your stress these are different techniques that do help us and that we do have this resistance towards because it's something different and we're trying something different and it is very different I mean I've never stomped around like an elephant before but I do remember I my stepdaughter years ago she loved imitating the dog and it was just so cute to watch. And then I got into it as well. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
It is. And it's that, you know, the old adage, laughter is the best medicine. It really does help to shift things when we can come into that element of play, because we're not worried about the stress of inflation or work or whatever it is that's overwhelming us. We get to just have pure joy and excitement and fun. And that really does help to relieve stress. I love imitating my dog. It's one of my favorite things to do. I wouldn't want to try to imitate my cat because she's one of those ones that she jumps up on here and jumps up on there. And it's like, (laughs) okay, so I do have a move that I do that is imitating a lion. And so it's, you know, like a cat stalking its prey. Um, And I suggest that when clients are wanting to go after something that they want, but they don't feel like they deserve it or they can't they can't get what they want. Imitating a cat is very, um, I go for a lion, but absolutely your cat because they have that, that hunting, that kind of playful mode. Um, so start with the things around you and then, um, see where that goes, see where that takes you into that creativity and that play. Awesome. Now we're going to be going to start wrapping this up. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience today? I just always say that that if something doesn't work for you, try something else. It's just because something doesn't work doesn't mean there's not something else out there. We don't have to live lives filled with stress, anxiety. We're going to have those regardless, but we have there are different tools that we can use in our toolbox so that they don't have to be at the point where we get overwhelmed. Wonderful. So I understand you have a little bit of a giveaway to give to the audience today. Can you just go into that a little bit? I do. It is a free, short, um, playful movement sequence. So it's less than five minutes. So when you feel like you are stressed, you're overwhelmed, you're going to flip your lid or lose your cool. It's a movement sequence that you can do and it can be done seated or standing. So don't feel like you have to do it. Um, it has to be anything super big, but it's a free, um, less than five minute movement sequence for when you're going to flip your lid or lose your cool. (laughs) Okay. Wonderful, Angie. So I've got her information everywhere that you were watching or listening to this wonderful interview. So feel free to reach out if you have any questions. So thank you so much, Angie. Wonderful information. And I'm going to try doing the elephant. It sounds like fun. One of my favorites. I highly recommend it. Let me know how it goes. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening and see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Calm Your Daily Stress Podcast. Have you ever wondered what your stress personality is? Are you a self-care goddess or a burnout queen? Well, you can find out by taking my free quiz. You just need to go to www.stressquiz.info to find out where you rank. Sending you love and peace, and I'll see you in the next episode.